All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50. I got 50 for days. Brought to you by Finning Canada. The parts you need when you want them. We are back after a week hiatus. The Real Life Podcast brought to you by Finning Canada. Over 72 million parts. That cannot be right. No, I be- what is it now? One it's point? too high. I don't think too it goes high? up that high in one week. Okay. Last mm-hmm. week you thought there was 4,000 parts. That is true. That 7 is true. million parts. The point is Finning Canada has the part you're looking for. 1.4 million parts. There you go. That voice you hear, that is Wanye Gretz. Bag Milk is to my left. And we have a Greetings. special guest. I am Mark Mijot. And we have a special guest in studio, Travis Dakin. Travis. How's it going? Shaking. This is my this is my first guest in studio on this podcast. Really? First ever. Fantastic. So this is we'll get to look deep into my eyes. Welcome. Feel, Welcome to real life. I feel pretty good right now. Thank you. As we we had to have Dakin on because last week we were like, we never talked to anybody, and we're just three nitwits locked in a sardine can with yep. microphones and we're internet guys. We like to have a lot more uh, conversation than just talking, I think. And so we're talking afterwards. And there's a g- several people that could, if we're going to bestow the dubious honor of being the first person on the podcast, there's several candidates out there that are strong, but I made a very strong case for, for Mr. Dakin. And I was just messaged him and said, hey, you're going to come on this show? And he wasn't like, no, or you're stupid, or what podcast? Nobody listens to your garbage. He was like, yes, of course. When are these things broadcasting? And I will be there. <laughs> and he's here, and he's with a smile, and he's the best-looking one out of all of us. And too, thank so. you. I'd like to think that after 10 years, I've made a strong case for myself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I made a very strong case. You're going to class this this episode up is that what i've been told you're going to bring the class here uh i'll try to do my best uh, for, the, for those that don't know travis sitting to my immediate left is way back when in nation history and there was like was three of us talking to each other yeah travis was the third guy yeah 
essentially. Yeah. He was the third man. You were Hulk Hogan dropping the leg on Macho Man Randy Savage. You were the third man coming from the crowd. I have no idea what that means, but it's exactly that. <laughs> yes. And you used your real name. I And I remember being like, who is this weird person? Why would you want to use your real name on the internet? My brother and I were both the same way. We both use our names. We always kind of thought just like, if you're going to say something, stand behind it. And Never, never, <laughs> never. Dare no, you? no, How no. Dare you? Well, like, I, that, I've had some times since then where that's proven to be a It has a caused you problem. nothing but heartbreak and career setbacks. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of Travis Dakins in the world that I can... Uh, Pass the pass blame the on to. One of the things that's blown my mind in the 10 years I've known you is how often you're in the media. Like, I'll open the sun to start the year, and there's you, like, spread eagle in front of the Gretzky statue with four beer cans around you. Like, Well, it if you come up with a, show up with a big smile on your face, and you look like you're ready to party all the time, even when the times are bad, people gravitate towards you, so. Exactly. We were just peeing earlier together, and we were talking about this. We were holding each other's, if you're wondering. Back of course. Up, we were, yeah. we got it. I'm assist. jealous now. It's the assist. But there's only two urinals there, so we couldn't do a three-way. I yeah. was like, why are you always, like, you've been, we'll talk about all your magnificent things, but you're always, like, the guy in the crowd that are like, that guy, and it's because you have a look of mayhem in your eye at all time, and you're so happy, even in a last-place Oilers game, because you've had a beer for every loss that year, and the media are just like, there's the guy that's going to talk drunk on the news tonight. Let's go talk to him. It's the eyebrows and the fact that I'm usually fairly drunk around Oilers in events so so to, on this note your moments of superstardom i want to smash through them because there's been some dandies you're just one of those guys a little bit of pixie dust sparkled on you and <laughs> shit happens all the time but i remember i was traveling and my buddy and i were like time difference we're in asia and we're in like a crack motel very sketchy and no power from parts of it and tarantulas and shit but we, of course, still followed the Oilers on Twitter and watched the games if we could. And, you know, you lived on that uh, uh, island for two years, Magma? One year? Uh, just over a year. Just yeah. over a year. So you know exactly the kind of squalor to try to follow the Oilers. It's difficult. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, what happened with Dakin? Like, what? There's like 800 million retweets <laughs> of something. And, like, it wasn't, oh, Sam Gagne got nine points. It was like, what did Travis Dakin do last night? Like, he's all over Twitter. So walk us through what happened to you that night. Well... We were sitting watching the game, and uh, I think it was about five points into the to the night, and the announcer started mentioning that the uh, he was approaching the eight point plateau for the record for the Oilers, which so seems period? crazy. Oh, though, you know what I mean? Like eight, eight points, points in one game is just ridiculous. I believe he got them all in the last two periods as well. I think they got shut out, heated in that first all period. All nine points came in the last eight. two periods. I believe eight they all points. came in the last yeah. two periods. I was in Asia. I was drunk. That was eight. I believe it was the last, because I remember you got three in the first period of the next game. You're like, suck on that, Sittler. Yeah. Oh, yes. It was one of those weird nights, too, where the puck was just following the guy around. Like, he could do nothing without it hitting him even accidentally. Everything was going in. Everything was going to somebody that was easy tap-ins. Nothing was hard to score. It was amazing. And just following along on Twitter as we did watching the games and people were just starting to starting to mention that, okay, well, he's coming up on Paul Coffey's record and like eight points in a game. Like, oh, geez, Gretzky and Coffey. These were talking this kind of legendary status for Sam Gagne. Yeah. Potential future Oilers captain. He could have surprised you. <laughs> he might come back. You never know. And uh, things started happening. He's, I think he's about five or six points in. I just made a joke on Twitter saying, hey, if Gagne scores eight points, I'm going to go run down the street naked or something and put it on Twitter. And didn't think anything of it because there's no way he's going to score eight points. I mean, he's, that's Gretzky's no, that's outlandish territory. Yeah. And they were playing he... Chicago, too. That one was lost in all of this. That's true. They're playing a very good Chicago yeah. team. Well, everybody was very good in those days yeah. comparatively. <laughs> like facing the... a peewee team against the national team. But the Oilers were always good against the Blackhawks yeah. for some reason. They, I didn't, didn't make any sense. But 
anyway, the uh, I made the tweet, and then he got his seventh point. And his, like shortly thereafter? Yeah. Were you like, like, oh, no? Kind of. I was like, well, <laughs> uh, maybe. And then he scored his eighth point. And my wife was sitting there beside me, and I was like, I just, oh, my God, he scored eight points. I just told everybody on Twitter that I'm all my 700 followers or whatever that he's going to – I was going to go strip naked now. And she's like, well, you got to do it now. That's why you picked her. Yeah. Because she was, backs you up. She did. And yeah. I was like, oh, man. Okay. Well, so I said, okay, well, you got to take the video then. And you're living in Fort Mac. Yeah. And it's minus. It was February 2nd oh, or something good. Like that. Oh, that's good. That's good streaking weather. Yeah. <laughs> Eight feet of snow, both we'll sides make, of the road. Yeah. We'll make sure we film this from behind because it's going to be cold out. So What is that, a button on a fur coat? <laughs> it's cold out. It's a kitten laying in the tall grass. <laughs> And so we went out after the game, and uh, I just got down. I wanted to make it quick because it was cold. So I just put just an Oilers jersey on <laughs> and took everything else on. So I walked out in my little Oilers jersey skirt. Two perfectly sculpted buns behind him looking like two roast hams. There's a funny story that goes with that as well. With your butt? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll explain that in a second. Um, We've got time. <laughs> we, uh, so I got her to get ready to press play and just do recording. I'm like, and if you watch a video of me, it's like it's on YouTube, I think. Oh, I don't know. We'll get to where it went. But yes, continue. You yeah. can still find it. I uh, I said, okay, you ready? She said, go. And I said, okay, well, a deal's a deal. Yay, Gagne, eight points, I think I said, or something like that. And I just ripped off my Oilers jersey and then just started booking her down the street. And she took the video <laughs> of me and... That was it. Down yeah. the cul-de-sac into the middle of Fort McMurray night. Yeah, literally off into the night. <laughs> we never <laughs> saw him again. Did you go in the news for that? Well, that's the now thing. just hold on. Yeah, that's the thing. So you go to bed. I'm going to interject. You go to bed. You're like, I did my thing. I put it on Twitter. Bet I... settled. Yeah, pretty much. I Wife mean, I, impressed. I mean, like I, I had like a tweet or two. Like I sent it out right away. I tweeted it's like, oh, deals, deal. Ha ha ha. Sent the video out. And I might have got a couple of the buddies just like like maybe bag milk would yeah. have retweeted or something. Didn't think anything of it. Retire to your slumber to enjoy the win. Had a wonderful sleep. Angelic. Oh, Ghani scored eight points. Unbelievable. It's over in the morning. Beautiful night. What a night. This won't haunt me in the least. No, that was one night in the horrible 10 years where the Oilers were actually great. Yeah. And I I slept soundly. Of course, the the sleep of a champion. And I woke up in the morning and my phone was lit up. And I was like, what the hell is going on? There must be a mistake. And it's like, you have 88 retweets and you have uh, 100 emails. And so I'm like, what the hell is going on? I was like, what the hell's going on with my phone? So I checked it out and it's like, oh, this person retweeted this. This person retweeted this. And I'm like, huh, wait a minute. And it started slowly kicking what's happening. And then I started seeing reputable sources, like people like that are like have lots of followers. <laughs> what like, you're this... doing, my friend, is going viral. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, like this oh, low tide retweeted this or whoever. And it's just like, okay, wow. Okay, now this is getting out. I'm like, and I'm just checking the first few retweets and the first few emails. I'm like, wait a minute. And then I see stuff like uh, my buddy's texting me like, dude, turn on like Facebook, turn on the news. Uh, this is go to CNN. Yeah, <laughs> go to the Vatican's website. It's yeah. on the landing page. It's like, you are on like Yahoo News or something. And Were you on like, CBS.com or well, something? That happened later on in the day. Oh. <laughs> so it started off in the morning, and then it started picking up steam all day. Oh, and it no. started off just like a couple little things. Like it was in the journal. First thing it was was in the journal. Oh no! And it was like Oilers crazy Oilers fan goes streaking after Garnier's eight points. Local like, drunk ruining everything. <laughs> and then so my my buddies were texting me like, "Oh man, I just saw you like on the news." I'm like, "What do you mean you saw me on the news?" And then by the time it got to the end of the day, the evening news, oh. and then it was on. Did they blur out your buns? 
I don't even I don't think I ever saw the video on the news, but I think oh, my that's buddy a small did. mercy. I remember mm. my buddy Parker saw it and he told me, yeah, he did see it. And they showed showed me full buns on the news. Unbelievable. And then it made the CBS news in the States. And that's it was a whole like, other country. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like crazy Canadian fan, oiler fan <laughs> goes streaking after Sam Gagne record breaking night. Oh. And I was like, oh my goodness. And it was like viewed like eighty thousand times or something. Oh, it was insane. No. And, and it didn't end there because then the repercussions were the next wave of emails. Well, that goes back to being... Can't the, just be a big deal up in the fort and take your old buns for a stroll <laughs> on the internet. Yeah, so going back to what I was saying about the interesting story about my buns were... Uh, I was getting a lot of awesome comments from, yeah. like, ladies. Like, oh, well, at my. least he looks good. Like, oh, oh, he's my, got a decent my. body and yeah. stuff. The funny thing about that was I had been off work for, like, three days because I had, like, like a stomach bug. And so I had lost, like, 20 pounds of just... There was no better time to get naked for the world than shredded. that small window. Yeah. I was shredded that day because I was puking and shitting up a storm for three days. <laughs> That's how models yeah. do it. Yeah. Why should you be any different? Exactly. So it goes back to, that was in 2000, I think, 12. You go back to 2011. Uh, that would be... Completely other incident. Nuge's, I'm going to talk about what happened at work. Uh, Nuge's first game in uh, Edmonton. That was also Ryan Smith's first game back in Edmonton. One of the and top games in the decade of darkness. We showed up to that game. It was the home opener. And I was working for a company at the time that I'm no longer working for. Maybe or maybe not be related. Um, we showed up to the game and got our pictures taken at the beginning of the game. And it's in the, I think it was just inside the second cover of the sun. This is one of the times where I just opened up the paper and was like, what is Dakin doing in the <laughs> yeah. newspaper hugging the Gretzky statue? We were so pumped because the Oilers had their second, second first overall draft pick in a row. They had yes. a number one center and yes. a number one left wing and things yes. were going to be great. Amazing we were, times are upon us. Yeah. And so me and Scott and Parker and my brother and Jamie, we all showed up and we were just ready to party. And the sun photographer saw us, hey, you guys want to get a picture for the paper? I'm like, sure. Didn't think anything of it. Um, and took a picture. Great. Enjoyed the game. It was a fun game. Problem was, was that I was off sick for that game with a back injury, minor back injury, but, uh, irrelevant when you are off sick from work, they're not expecting you to be in the newspaper partying at an Oilers game. That amazes me that like you have a job that's so physical that you could go on the injured reserve list. Like yeah. for me and bag milk to like sit at work and be like, I have to, to blow honest. my thumb yeah. off my hand and not be able to yeah, tweet. Yeah. Like I got a wicked blister blogging up a storm. Yeah. Man. Oh man. The other day work was so hard. I got retweeted eight times. Oh, my eyes are tired from staring at my screen. <laughs> Well, it was one of those things where you're supposed to take a few days to rest. And, you know, I had clearance to drive down to Edmonton and, and uh, you know, go to the game and stuff. Because it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like it was like, oh, it's not like your plan. Work. You needed to have a clearance. What are you, a stealth bomber? Why do you need, like, <laughs> permission to enter our airspace? Well, if you're not going to be at work, they you, don't, you can't just be going out and partying. They want to make sure that you're actually sick. And I was legit. Ah, Fort McMurray in the glory days, hey, where mm -hmm. half the city was trying to call in sick and the other half was drunk. Yeah, so that was the problem. So when I came back, it's the optics of that. Um, legit off with an injury, but you're in the paper, look like you're partying. You can't tell I have a back injury in my picture because I'm very happy. Maybe. 41 beers. Your did back you get called into away. an office and be like, where they tap on the picture and they're like, so what's this about? I did. That's literally oh, exactly what happened. Yeah. I got That's my boss. back to work <laughs> and uh, I got called into the office and they had the newspaper there and they were like, so uh, this doesn't look good. <laughs> oh yeah it was a great night though it didn't look good so 
Again, screw you guys. We're in the playoffs yeah, this but year. But if you guys knew that Smitty was back, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> what kind Nugent of company Hopkins. wouldn't close for the day? That's it what I want to know. Ryan Newton Hopkins, and he was playing his first game. He scored the two a Ryans, goal. remember? Yes, Ryan got Smith got kicked out at the end of the game. Oh. It was great. I remember very well. Oh yeah. So then you go back fast forward to 2012. You've already then... been warned, and now you're on the cover of CBS. <laughs> yeah. Again, <laughs> and then like my boss was like, "Well, you're in the." National news now. <laughs> International, <laughs> sir. Yeah. I, I remember, I Excuse I, me, sir. Have you seen CBS? Is yeah. international news? I went into the office and I, I, uh, I had my. Did you walk in like gold jacket on and a crown, like internet star, handing out cards, <laughs> or were you slinking in like I hope nobody has eyes and has seen the internet? <laughs> I knew I knew I was getting in trouble, so I, 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 I like my boss was just gonna give me like a bunch of shit about it. So I had my phone on me and I just oh put it in my pocket and listen to this, and I sent it to my buddy Parker and Scott. And I was like, you recorded to being told off Get by out. your boss. Yeah. Oh, See, this is so... why you're always in the newspaper because nobody would do that kind of crap yeah. because a normal person with properly sequenced chromosomes wouldn't want to bring more trouble to themselves i just did it to just to show my buddies just to laugh like so you recorded or called them called them so you did a conference call on your phone yeah and then walked into your boss's office yeah. to be ring reamed out for being on international news for being naked yeah because they were there with me and i wanted them to share with the experience this is why you're the first guy on the podcast yeah he's, he's, very true. he's earned on. it he's number one <laughs> Yeah, so that didn't go over too well. What did they say? Were they like, Mr. Day could wire your buns international news? <laughs> well, you try to explain that you're off sick. I was sick. I was like, a legit, I was yeah. sick. And I, yeah. I could show the pictures. I had all the medicine and everything. I was sick. But again, and <laughs> there's what, photos of my cough syrup. That's that could mean anything. People drink lean. <laughs> well, that's what they said. It's like, listen, it's the optics of it. The optics of it are that you're sick and you are on the news enjoying life. I'm like, I didn't enjoy any second of running around naked down my street in <laughs> minus 30 degrees. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I did yeah. too. Mm. And it, I, you know, it, I enjoyed watching it a few times, if I'm being honest. I'll be totally honest with you. No lie, I made it the screensaver on my phone, an image <laughs> of it. I'm not even kidding. While I was traveling around, I was like, you want to see a picture of a friend who's naked because of hockey stuff? You were getting assists, my friend. Yeah, And that oh. got you detained at the border. You showed a border yeah. credit. No, that, that was another photo <laughs> on my phone that got me detained at the border. That's a story for a different day. Well, the other, yeah, it was no, I'm not going to mention that. So you're always in mayhem, though, because what about the time? So you loved Alish Hemsky. Still do. And yeah, that's true. Every now and again, he'll get a third assist on a play, and you'll pop up on Twitter like, see, resign him. And we're like, shut up, Deacon. Oh, man. He... But you loved him like I love Eberly, right? Like, we loved our guys. You, you know love Alish Hemsky. When we had nothing to cheer for, mm-hmm. Hemsky was the thing we had to Agreed. cheer for. He was a beautiful hockey player. He, his career was severely screwed over by the fact he played for the Oilers. Oh, man. Guaranteed he would have been better somewhere else, but he was hands. great here. What a beautiful player. And oh, just, I can, dream of, like, can we talk about him all day? We, we can, can go, do it. We'll get back, but do you remember just Robin Regeer would beat the living piss out of Hemsky and he would just keep on ticking? Yeah. That's that's one thing I want to bring up is that people would always say that Alish Hemsky was soft. Not but true, But then he man. goes into the... Drubbing. Exactly. He goes into the corners against Regeer. Regeer's throwing elbows, yeah. cross checks, no. laying the lumber on him. I'm like... How is this guy soft? He's in the mix every time. He'll get crushed. He gets up, still makes a play. People would always say, oh, he's lazy or he's the first off there. He says, that's because he's injured and he needs of more time course, to heal now yeah. because he's the only one taking a beating and nobody else cares. I remember doing the math being like, well, if Hemsky can get 300 points, we might eke him to eighth. Like, there was no, <laughs> there was nothing. He was it for a while. So we're in the club. You know, we do our biz, <laughs> holding court of the pint, how we always do and continue to do until the year they close the pint, which is hopefully never. And who walks in? But most of the Oilers. That was, uh, I remember specifically, it was Smeed, Gilbert, 
Hemsky and Steve Smith. Uh, who's who? Steve Smith, but he wasn't a player. No, no, but he was a coach. And that's lame. Why Steve Smith in the pint and he's the assistant know, coach? It's like your principal going to the dance and asking a teacher to dance. I was. Hey taught- there, youngsters. <laughs> How's it going? You ever do the robot like this? Get out of here, you old bastard. <laughs> I was talking to Smead that night, and he was. I was just like, hey, man, you know, just talking about like. I, okay, I actually fanboyed him a bit because he was wearing like a shirt and I. Touched him. I was, like, I was hiding on the other side of a very short bar making manual binoculars. <laughs> like, this is unbelievable. He's talking to them with words. I was like, wow, you are incredibly ripped. <laughs> and he said, Can I uh, feel your abs just real quick? Yeah, pretty much. I was like, well, okay. I might have been drunk. And then he kept talking about all he wanted to do was talk about how awesome Steve Smith was. I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you know who this guy is? This guy's the legend. This guy's the number five. You should be. I was like, yeah, I know. Who that Steve is the Smith classic is. get this drunk Oilers fan in the club off me yeah. assist from Schmeed over. <laughs> Yeah, I know who Steve Smith is. Let's move along. Let's, Let's talk about your future. abs some more. <laughs> yeah. And then Hemsky was there. And, and your jaw hit the floor faster pointed, than your underwear hit the floor, and your underwear you hit the floor. You pointed him out to me. You're like, look who's there. And I'm like, <gasps> <gasps> and uh, yeah. I like, was Let's like, go get a picture with him. I'm like, no, man, I don't want to be within 100 feet of Alex Hemsky. And you looked me in the eye with the determination of Connor McDavid on draft day and went, I need this. He's my boy. Yeah, it was very weird. Your voice hit an octave very rarely heard. And I walked up to him, and just he was looking this, fine too. Just doing the same suit, thing. dress shirt, not like the Oilers of today who go out in their everyday gear. Always this was fine, yeah. And walked up to him, doing the same kind of math you did there, like talking about if Hemsky can score this many points. And yeah, I remember walking up to him. The first thing I said to him was like, "Man, you're going to score 90 points this year." And he like looked at me in the face, like he was just like, <laughs> "Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you better, or we're fucked." <laughs> what are you talking about? And uh, you're going to score 90 points this year. Yeah. Well, I always had hopes. I've, I've always been a dreamer. Hope will never die. Optimistic. I Hope will never it. die. And never. He, he had the potential. He could have. Back in the day. Imagine Hemsky then was on the Oilers now. For mm. Hemsky money then on the Oilers now. Mm. He'd be like, oh, hi, Connor McDavid. Perhaps you've met me. I'm the king of the Czech Republic. Oh, man. Oh. He'd be the perfect complement, and it was like Travis alluded to. I thought the Oilers should have brought him back on a cheap deal this year. Absolutely, I think every awesome ex-Oiler should always get like a tour of duty at the end, just so oh, we can buy yes. merchandise. Exactly, I would love to get a new Hemsky jersey. It specifically breaks my heart that he's a hab now, because at this point in his career, he wouldn't have to be the show. No, not, not at all. Close. No, he would have to be a guy that can contribute, chip in, maybe bump up a line or two. Yeah, and that's where he was probably, or that's where he should have been all along. But well, now they actually have the talent that could have. It could have happened. That's what they've been saying about Kessel now in Pittsburgh. You know, he's just like a second-run guy. Now he just gets to be his himself. Gets to be and, Phil. Oh, yeah. my dream for Smitty to come Hemsky's out of retirement. Ke- Phil, but, you know, that's the kind of thing. When those kind of quiet guys that just do their thing. and When guys excel. can play one step below where they kind of are. Yeah. You know, like the Oilers for years. Like a is just like, yeah. okay, I'm a fourth-line guy, but I'm going to be good at it. Well, then we'll get into more of the talk later, but a guy like Jeff Petrie is maybe playing just above his rung. Mm-hmm. A lot, Lots of players, not just Petrie in general. But the Oilers for years would have guys – just slightly above where they should have actually been. Yeah. And they would have maybe strived had they been in that right position. So Hemsky's a perfect example of that. This is, if you're wondering what the wrestling is, just in case you're wondering, we're drinking beers in the studio today. I was trying to be subtle about it. No, no. What the hell? It's a real life podcast. This is real life. Get them BLs out and let's get it. Bud Light pays us an extraordinary amount of money every month to be a sponsor of this show, Travis. And it's important that you shout them out. It's absolutely delicious. And I can't stop drinking, even though, Professional decorum says you're not supposed to do yeah, it on air. Yeah, Send us some money, Bud Light. We need money for podcasty. Uh, so you were at the bar with Hemsky. You said 90 points. 90 did, points. did it end after that? Or did oh, he just, no, no, no. He wanted me to take a more. photo of my top of the line Blackberry Bold, <laughs> as the days were. Yeah. Take so, a photo of me with my best friend, Alice, he yelled. 
he took a photo and the first one you took was like i was looking fine but hemsky was blurry yeah and then so i was like oh you gotta take it again and then you gotta go back and ask him again come another one that was even more embarrassing <laughs> my buddy screwed up the picture oh yeah that was in the era where all the photos i took on my blackberry looked like they were shot on an old like handy cam basically because my phone was so scratched and i was like i don't care i'm taking pictures you have to take the picture and you got like it's such a little tiny little thing that i have to zoom in on it's super blurry and it, oh, yeah. it wasn't even that long ago no. but those were the times it was hard times it was very hard times but you have the photo with Hemsky, and Hemsky's looking like an annoyed pimp, and you're looking like an overeager child who's somehow I, gotten to a nightclub. Again, the first one, he was—he looked good. He looked like he really enjoyed being there with yeah. me. And the second one, he was like, oh, "Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah." Tell me more about how I have to score ninety points in my unrealist, unrealistic expectations. He's like, "Have you met Steve Smith? <laughs> <laughs> this is the real number five. He's like, "This is why I'm here." Oh, As a Hemsky fan, is a little weird for you to see Matt Benning rock in the eighty-three every time, and the. And that he's a right-handed player too, and he's yep. like generally about the same size. Yeah, so I always think Hemsky's like... back-checking. Like, there's a part of my brain that's like, look at Hemsky. He's really, oh my god, what year is this? I'm wrong. That's the only thing that takes me out of reality. Like, yeah. back into reality. Like, oh, he's not back-checking. Come on. We've had a couple of those over the past few years, though. There's Benning wearing 83. Chris Russell wears number four. Yeah, so that was for... amazing to me. That was like the final like shovel of dirt on Taylor Hall as an Oiler was when they just let some guy come. Body wasn't even cold, man. It was like, here you go. Because do you remember how big of a thing that was when they were bringing the number four out of mothballs? Taylor Hall's the first first overall pick of the franchise. Here's Kevin Lowe's number. You're going to lead us to the promised land. This number's going to be retired someday, maybe. Like my Joe says, body's not even cold. Yeah, seriously, it was fire it in the river. Well, let's talk about that. Dakin, you're a good guy to talk about this with because I think that you know, we're all very passionate. And because the Oilers were as bad as they were for as long as they were, it was easier to get mad at the guys who were here than to be like, well, why don't we have a proper 1R or whatever the hell it is? Although we did. But you would throw a Jeff Petrie under the bus because legitimately, like, why is anyone even watching this hot garbage at this point? If you want to spend your time yelling about how stupid Justin Schultz is, you will. And even though they pretend not to listen, some guys do. So question for you guys i honestly think kevin lowe is one of the best oilers of all time i think that he went through a patch where he probably stayed on too long he would probably even admit that if you ask him it now but this is a guy who was our first draft pick ever scored our first goal ever he was the assistant captain captain assistant coach coach assistant gm gm he spent the better part of 300 years as an oiler and to me his number should be retired and he should be you know the the four-year window where he shouldn't have uh you know, necessarily been at the helm for as long as he was. That's like an eighth of his time as an oiler. Mm-hmm. And I think it's embarrassing Chris Russell wears a four. No disrespect to Chris Russell. I think he's a fine defenseman despite what half of Twitter thinks. Kevin Lowe's four should be up in the rafters and he should have a night. And I promise you, if they cheered Pocklington at the 84, whatever the hell that was, yeah. I cheered too, but I just wanted to be cheeky. I was really booing in my brain. I think Kevin Lowe, if he walked out on Rogers Place Ice, would get the ovation he deserves from Oilers fans who would recognize that he's not just the GM that maybe held on a little bit too long. No, everything I, you said, sorry, well, I'll get back, but everything you said is absolutely right. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. He was a heck of a defenseman. Yeah. Like just on the ice, heck of a defenseman, and just a guy that, you know, could have left Edmonton at any point in the last 20 years. Mm. There, there's two points, I think, is that you're both right. And I, firstly, I thought it was really surprising that when Taylor Hall got traded, that they didn't just shut it down. Yeah. And then I also think it's very surprising how many people will look at that maybe negative era as a GM, whatever you want to call it, and let that taint what he did as a player. 
They were I find one game very away odd. from winning a Stanley Cup. They're one period away from winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah. I, I can remember when Kevin Lowe engineered the trade for Pronger and Pekka. I was houseboating. I'm always somewhere cool in these stories. This is awesome. Having a podcast <laughs> for rules. Did you ever remember what that other story was you were talking about last week? You couldn't remember? What was I talking about? I forgot what I forgot about. Yeah. Well, hold on. Let me get this one out before I forget about it, too. I want to pot... Uh, 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 boat and i'm having a great time with my friends and they're like pre-social media too right oh yeah oh, way pre before and they were like did you hear what 2005 happened? we had a tv August on the boat because we were doing okay at the time <laughs> and we watched this thing and like there's pronger and he's outside there's like five thousand fans and there's sexy mike pekka sitting there with his face before it got rearranged and i was like wanting to force gump off the boat when jenny <laughs> was sick or mama was sick or whatever it was and just swim to shore like kevin lowe did that yep kevin lowe engineered that whole thing there's eric brewer and spare parts yeah I get the whole thing that they had with, I mean, they didn't give anybody else that number until Taylor Hall. And I get that they made a big deal out of giving it to Taylor Hall because he was supposed to be the the next thing and change the franchise. And so it was kind of a big deal to give it to him. I felt like you just said it was kind of cheapening the whole thing when they just let Russell just carry it on. Like, that's fine. Russell's a fine player. Nothing against Russell at all. It could be any other player on the team not named Connor. But to me, number four is... It was given out to Taylor Hall because of special circumstances. It should be like off limits. It's one of those numbers that's just, okay, well, he's, it's one of those things where people say, well, what have you done for me lately? And the answer is he's given his entire life to the Oilers right. organization. And that's what people don't know enough And we about. don't, yeah. And we don't put guys like that out and, and just like shit on them and put them on the trash heap of history. Fuck that. There's that so guy. many people that have summed up Kevin Lowe in sound bites. You know what I mean? Where it's like he says that thing where the we have two tiers of fans or whatever it was. Yeah, I know a thing or two about winning. Yes. And people but summarize these are all numbers that start with two o one something. And this yep. guy showed up in nineteen seventy nine. Oh, and that's in an my point. Old wagon with a covered roof before we even had a city. It was like I'll make this my home for my entire life. And that's my point is that people have summarized this guy's whole career based on you know a few sound bites in the news. I think. The wounds are still kind of fresh for a few people. Like, realistically, he... Connor McDavid is an oiler. Everything's exactly. worked out great. What I'm trying to get at was that, like, so he <laughs> yeah. orchestrated Tell me how in 2006. We had the best run of our adult lives in 2006. And then there was, like, four years of low that weren't good. And we can't remember Kevin Lowe because, oh, well, we didn't have a good team for those few years. But things are so much better now that those couple years of garbage will be forgotten and Lowe will be starting to be remembered in the way he should be, as like you said, he's the prototypical everything the Oilers have to offer from the beginning, right? The first everything, all the way, all the cups, and there will be another one, and he'll be there with it. And I'm glad. See, he, yes, very well said. And he deserves to have his name on the cup again. Here's what I want them to do with all the boys on the bus. All right, I'll tell you a few things because we're talking on the air and we're having a couple beers. <laughs> I didn't like it when the boys on the bus were in charge of making all the decisions five years ago because most of those decisions turned out to be quite awry from what they should have been. Hindsight. However, that era is now behind us. We've got a Harvard man behind the GM helm who's engineering deals that we can't even comprehend. We've got a professional coach who came here from San Jose who's already a gun. I want every boy on the bus in a box. I want all their memorabilia available for sale again. And I want for the next 30 years of their remaining lifespans that we get to see them on the scoreboard every five minutes during games and clap for everybody. And Kevin Lowe's four should be up in the rafters next to Al Hamilton's two and Paul Coffey's seven. And no other Oilers active or present should be allowed except for Moose Mini. But that's what I think Kevin Lowe deserves. And I think the Oilers are scared of the fans in this topic because everybody was like taking out billboards and Lowe must goes yeah, and this type of shit. still guys with like 
Twitter handles or website names like Low Must Go or something. It's funny, the guy on Twitter, Low Must Go, is actually a hilarious dude. He's actually a nice guy. Yeah, and I respect the fact he's just kept it. Like, (laughs) well, at this point, I'm known as the guy who thinks Kevin Low Must Go. He's not so bad, I guess. But, like, I saw a guy at the outdoor game. And the outdoor game started two hours late, so I helped myself to a few beers, or dakening as we called it. That was a <laughs> wild day because there was that two-hour sun delay mm-hmm. in Winnipeg, and we got greasy. So drunk. And I'm walking through the concourse, and I see a guy in a low jersey. And I was like, oh, hey, man, nice jersey. And he was like, fuck you, basically. And I'm like, huh? And he's like, <laughs> oh, you're serious? I'm like, yes, man. Like, Kevin Lowe is a fine oiler. And this dude's like, I don't know, 45, 50, or something like older. But, like, he was a legit Kevin Lowe fan. And he was just like, oh, man, thanks. Like, so many people have given me shit. I'm like, what? Really? Still? Like, when does this end? The day Connor McDavid becomes an oiler, everything has worked out despite them trying for it not to. And now we have Connor McDavid. So everything will be forgotten. I would say it should be. And honestly, one of my favorite parts of this last playoff run was seeing all the boys on the bus cheering on the screens yes. in between plays or whatever it was. They're legendary status now, and they should be elevated into a luxury box, given unlimited chicken wings, and just be there cheering. Knowing Gretzky's in the building cheering, for me, he's still more valuable than half the bench. <laughs> Again, like when you see that these people that were, we have these memories of like, oh, everything sucks, everything sucks for so long. You know, some of us were so positive, yeah, but everything was sucking. So you just want to blame all these people when the yours would trot out the old boys and stuff. Like, oh, just stop worrying about what you did in the past. Let's talk about what we're doing in the future. And now we're in the future. We can say, oh, yeah, the past was awesome, too. That's what this Connor McDavid reminds us of how awesome the past was. We got to bury this shit. We got to just be like, okay, like we have a new arena, which I still think people are like, oh, one time I saw Bag Milk have a video about a toilet line that was very long. <laughs> okay, fine. But you know what? Other than that, it's phenomenal. So let's dial down the bitching about that. Seriously, though, how good was my video? That was an amazing video. (laughs) You were just, you were on point. You're like, I'm going to take this to the people and show the whole world. I think it made progress because the lines are being changed. So what you guys are saying is that I was directly responsible for the bathroom add-ons. I would say yes. (laughs) I would say that they should name them the bag milk array of toilets they should because i missed a playoff uh an ot goal in there we both did we were, that was the yes game we, we did we missed it together so real quick we got to jump into the story travis Hold on, wait 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 Ajo just messaged me via paper which is old school and said we have to take a break and pay some bills we'll be back on the real life podcast brought to you by finning canada over 1.4 is that we decided on 1.4 1.4 million parts to serve you that's finning canada it's late and you just finished a full day of work. Your equipment is done for the day and tomorrow bright and early, you start all over again. You know what you need to keep it running smoothly, but there's not a break in the schedule to make that happen. With over 1.4 million cat parts at your fingertips on parts.cat.com, getting that part just became easier. Any device, anytime, anywhere. Get what you need, when you need it. Order today, parts.cat.com. We're back on the Real Life Podcast, brought to you by Finning Canada. Over 1.4, I should really write this down. For you should write it down somewhere. Three and a half million parts. No, that's twice as high as it should be. 1.4 is half of 3.5. I'm a millennial. They don't teach us printing anymore, so I got to I gotta type this out. I was out. amazed that you were able to write letters with a pen. Like, what are you, your own grandpa? Very confusing. Finning Canada, though. They're the reason we're all here. I'm Mark Rigeau. He is Bag Milk. That's Juan Agretz. Travis Dakin's joining us in studio. My first in-studio guest. Let me say you. Out of all the in-studio guests I've had doing a podcast, you're the best. Oh, that's so nice. Yes. So you're not my best. I talked to Jordan Everly and Smitty and Matt Hendricks. I have nothing to offer compared to them. You I do. get to see you on a semi-regular basis socially, so I, you know. 
not really a big you know deal not anymore. all that special <laughs> and we tease it heading to break that you guys actually missed an ot goal together in the bathrooms is that correct yeah we we did we the others were in the playoffs you're peeing was, together like me and dakin were peeing together earlier today and swords yeah well you have to battle the lines at the point true. at that point and double we, up you pussies we, exactly well, do what you gotta fight. do so we run into each other. The goal has been scored. We're kind of annoyed, and we're like, "Well." So the other team scored. Yeah, yeah. San. I assume San Jose. We're just kind of. We're just kind of guessing. Our next season now. We're not really thinking about that. Much. I don't know. No, you got to live in the past. I'm pretty sure it's San Jose. Yeah, it was San Jose. So, so San Jose scores in overtime, and Travis and I end up running into each other coming out of the bathroom in the concourse. And we're like, "Well, what do we do now? I guess we should go to the pint." <laughs> neither of us that was had, when we zigzag back to the point frankly yeah. neither of us needed to go back to the point we no. had had a taste of old grandpa's special medicine there oh, yeah. a couple of times and as travis and i are walking out of roger's place and if you've never been there basically you have to walk down a long stairwell of doom just to get out of out of out of the arena and as we're walking down the stairs we hear like this uh, travis how would you describe it it was like a it was like a moaning slash dying animal a woman's voice was basically saying, like, what's going on with me? Why? What's what? happening? What's wrong with me? So this is in the exterior staircases that are, like, there's no decoration. Yeah, the ones that have the center blocks and shit. Bars that don't let you just yeah. go down as fast like as you're possible. you're in a mental institution or prison or something. Yep, go down yeah. a step and then yeah. take 40 steps and do it down. Again. Cost of arena, $400 trillion. Cost right. of decorating the staircases, $1. Like, no, this is where we draw the line. No, that's the dungeon on the way down. Of course. And we were going down, and again, we were very much inebriated at this point, but I saw a woman that was laying on the ground, and there was three people, three or four people attending to her, and it looks like she had just fallen on the ground, and we are like, what's, what's happening here? And Bagmuk saw that, and he's like, oh my god, what? Look at her foot! And I looked down and saw her foot, and it was... I don't know how you would describe it. You know it. how an owl can turn his head all the way around? Oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Her leg was not facing the proper way. She was walking down a normal inclined flight of stairs in a public building and managed to injure herself this badly. It she wasn't was, like on a American Ninja Warrior course or some shit. It was horrific. Oh, her poor was, thing. It looked like it was off and backwards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> to be fair, though, to your American Ninja Warrior, I don't know how she was going down the stairs. Off and backwards. It was honestly one of the most horrific things that I've seen, just in the sense that your leg's not supposed to go that way. Mm. Mm. And when you don't see that stuff regularly, Travis and I just kind of like, I remember dry heaving in the, in the, yeah. uh, in the stairwell. It was, uh, <laughs> and now every time as we make our way out and then we start zigzagging to the pint, Travis actually text me his, like his app that shows where we were walking. And it was just an absurd just confusion, mass confusion after this that. This was we after were... the leg incident? Yeah. Incident? Yeah. yeah. Well, fair enough. You probably had PTSD. Oh, it was horrific. And I hope, I don't know, I've, I've checked out on Twitter. I've seen anybody, like, has anybody heard from this woman? Like, I know other people saw it. It was in that mass exodus of people leaving the game. And somebody must have seen that woman. I know she must be okay now, but. I'm just happy that it, there was somebody there before us because we were not we capable were, of doing anything. You're not first responders. <laughs> no. The no. only first response I would have is to scream and run away. Technically, I'm trained as a first responder, but that would not have... No, it was gone. That, no, because you're always naked on the news and you forgot all your training, probably. <laughs> I would not... I did not know how lady. So who took a photo? You guys took a photo? It was... That's cold. Casual. It was, like, it was like a flyby. Yeah. Travis took a flyby. I mean, cold. Uh, <laughs> Cold-blooded. I'm a first responder. Well, let me just get my camera out here and take a photo of your misery. I got to show these to the guys. They're yeah, not going to believe, what, I I believe what happened. I was going to send the picture into WebMD just to check. Oh. 
So honestly, oh. it was one of those things where, like I said, I'm just happy that we weren't the first person there because it was awful. We are not equipped to deal with it. I was way too drunk to deal with just life in general, let yeah. alone first aid of any kind. And this wasn't even about the game. This is just life in general. You're just yeah, usually yeah, yeah. way yeah. too drunk to deal with anything. Yeah. There's moments where you're going along, living your life, drinking a pina colada, and then like real life all of a sudden happens. Right? Oh, and you're like, so oh, real. God, that lady broke her foot off and it's backwards. You're too like, real. well, this is very odd. Three seconds ago, I was thinking about going and getting a hot dog. The most alarming part was how she was handling it. Like it was just a, what's what's happening? What's going on with me right now? Like, it's almost like you're in shock. First of all, Juan, I love how you dropped the name of the podcast in what you just said. This You're right. That's like when they say the movie, tr- the movie name in the movie trailer. You That's know, awesome. I know that this podcast is hard to find because there's a hundred tr- trillion things called real life, and that one one of the reasons why people keep downloading the wrong podcast and saying that we sound awful because we're <laughs> like about, you know, polka music or some damn thing. <laughs> but real life is a very broad topic, and this is real life. We're talking about Dakin meeting Hemsky. That's real life. We're talking about a lady snapping her foot off in the playoffs. That's real life. I saw a woman kind of on the same topic, but on Canada Day, she. Had- clearly lost a toe maybe two what but she was in so much like <laughs> whatever she didn't even why realize are you celebrating candidate the saw factory <laughs> yeah, no, but she was like what's going i'm fine everyone and you just see her getting like where were it. you it was on white ad it was that like i wasn't i was walking past a rooftop party people were on this roofs partying like it was the great gatsby and then she comes down and then the emt is just shaking his head like no and this woman's like i'm fine i'm fine and she has Basically, like a football taped around her foot, and it's kind of, I'm fine. I don't think she realized what had happened, but you saw an EMT with a look of just chalk white wheeling this poor girl out. When they get spooked, something's yeah. gone down, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe the same thing happened to this young woman. She was just so in shock that she didn't clue in what had actually happened. But she clued in. She was saying, why me? Why me? Why did this happen yeah, to me? Why? What's happening? Why can't I move? Why oh. am I still down here? Oh, man. This is a very dark story to end with, Dakin. Why? Every time we talk about it, every time Bag Milk and I talk about it, we're just like, Ugh. I fell like, upon the studio right It's like now. when we run into each other every couple of months or whatever, which is like, do you remember the thing? Yeah, man. Yeah, we remember the thing. And you it was just a very like, shared experience. Shudder. Solidarity, man. Just hold me. How oh, do you guys think, me. since we've been through two playoff runs, how did it differ when you were... I don't know. I was 21 in 2006. I was 16 or 17 in 2006. So, so there, for, for Majo, how did how did it like for you in 2006? Where did you even care? Really? Yeah, well, I did. Yeah, like it was that was I was in grade 11, and that was kind of your Oilers have become like really more popular over the last 10 years. But I feel like a lot of people that followed the Oilers. They're kind of in like their own little club in 2006. Yeah, we call it 2017. We call it Oilers Nation. Yeah, but you know what? Like it was, the it was kind of like weirdos a... that love the Oilers so much. Yeah, and like I remember, we're organized a... now and have Twitter handles. I remember so much about that 0506. You mentioned the Chris Pronger. I remember checking the internet before I went to bed, and I just thought Chris Pronger is just one of those salary dumps where they'll move him to somewhere else and they'll get a pick. Like I didn't believe that was actually going to happen. Yeah. And then if you remember too, in that season, they stumbled out of the gate. Like there's a lot going back to 0506 that I feel like a lot of people went through for the first time, and then. I became an adult, and I know air quotes don't translate on podcasts, but a lot happened in 11 years. So just the way we consume things have changed so much. Do you know that Rexall Place wasn't HD capable in 2006? I know now, and I watch footage of it, because it looks like it was recorded on my BlackBerry Bolt. I took the photo of Dakin on. What kind of garbage? Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's nuts. And you know the scoreboard at Rogers cost more than Rexall Place? The scoreboard cost more than the entire arena. It was Come like on. $42 million or something for Rexall, or at the time they called it Northlands, or whatever the hell they called it, Edmonton Coliseum, I think. 
been through a lot of names. Skyreach Center? And it was $60 million for the scoreboard at Rogers. That's so by that logic, the scoreboard at the new arena will cost over $400 million, Dakin. And you're from Fort McMurray. You can count that high. That's some peanuts. That's nothing to Coach people money. in the fort. Yeah. So I think we're all kind of in agreement. The Oilers, barring crazy injuries, will go back to the postseason. And they'll have back-to-back playoff runs for the first time since... 2000 2001 oh those were good years too be the first time the Oilers will have back-to-back appearances in the postseason like a lot of thousand like was bill clinton the president no bush had just taken over 2001 like bush had just got on the scene like 2000 like that is nuts to think about like this whole generation now a lot's changed but they get the back-to-back playoff runs now do you think there'll be a team that has the potential for that kind of yearly meetup that the Oilers had with the Stars back in the early 2000s? I kind of hope it's still Dallas. Like, wouldn't it be great? Like, we're all older. Like, don't now we just bitch slap Dallas every year. We're like, that's what you get for 96 through 03, <laughs> bitch. Well, now that Hemsky's not there, go ahead, beat him up. <laughs> it, it, that is an interesting point. Obviously, maybe one of the California teams. Do you guys still hate the Dallas Stars, by the way? We're getting off topic. No, I have no beef with anybody. We were so bad for so long. Yeah. The other teams are none of my business. Yeah, no. really? Not even like you still don't get a little bit Nothing. out of shape with you the Stars? You spent really? 10 years in the Nothing bottom. Nothing about anybody. You don't get to hate anybody. No. Nope. That's true. I mean, no, I, Canucks. I wouldn't even look above like 14th in the conference at the standings. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's <laughs> that's too high. Like, I don't need to know what 10th looks like. Thank you. Those are lofty goals. There was times like two, three years ago when I would look at the standings and be like, the Oilers are in 30th place and they're playing, I don't know, like just Columbus or something. And they're in 25th. I'm like, this could be all right. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's what you go back to, like why I ended up liking the nation so much when we talked about like, how we ended up meeting and how we started talking. And it was that like, we went through so much dark time where you would just, what was the point of watching the games? Mm-hmm. And you, for the first couple of years of losing after Pronger left, it was like, Oh, the next year will be okay. It's only, they're only a couple of players away from being okay again. And then eventually you get to the point, probably around 2009, 2010, where it was just like, Oh God, this is just, it's never going to end. The only thing that made it fun was sitting around, like talking <laughs> to like going to another's nation and like talking to people back and forth and, and uh, having conversations in the game, making jokes about how bad things were, because that kept us happy. It's true. And I think, you know, you're like, by 2010, it seemed like it was never going to end or whatever. I'm like, it was only, oh, my God, it was six more years. Like, years it's true, ago. man. I, the decade of darkness was awful, but I actually had a really good time throughout the entire thing, all considered. I went back the other day before I came on this thing. I wanted to go back and just remind myself of some of the old times, which were like 10 years ago now. Oh, Lord. I, just, I read some of the old articles and read some of our comments and stuff. Like, oh, my God. God, we were so full of hope and we never, we never lost it for real. Like we That's just, the best way to go through life though. Like even if it's going to be a shit sandwich every morning, you might as well wake up and be like, maybe today it's a steak. And you're like, nope, sorry, shit again. You're like, maybe tomorrow it's a steak. Because what's the point of being like, probably going to be shit again tomorrow. So do you guys feel bad for teams that are in the position that the Oilers were a couple years ago? I look at a team like the Vancouver Canucks. Fuck no, oh, like what you make of it, man. No. If you want to think that this is the end of the world, it is. If you want to find a way to make your own squee, you've got the platform now. Earn your shit. We did it. Damn right. (laughs) That is very true. And now the smuggery decade's about to begin. The decade of smugness. Yeah, the decade of insufferable. The decade of decadence. Ooh, I like that. We were so bad, we took four first overall draft picks to get it right. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. And there's only, what, two of them left? And Nugent Hopkins and McDavid? And I know my beloved is going to be the Hemsky of next year. I just feel it. Yeah. What do you mean in what sense? I just think that the writing's on the wall, that there's people that need contracts coming up 12 months from now, that my beloved Nuge is going to be the next one out. I really don't want to see the Nuge go. I feel like you have to bring one of the big four with you for the next generation. Like, yep. You have to bring one with you. 
for reasons I can't for me, articulate. I feel the same way about Nuge. Like when I was a kid growing up, Curry was my favorite player. Yeah, Gretzky was there. Everybody loves Gretzky. Everybody loves McDavid. Like we all love him. So uh, some just, of us love him more than other people do, and that person have, is me. Yeah, right. And so you have to sit there and go, well, you can't just love the obvious guy. Yes, you, you gotta can. have your <laughs> you gotta have your favorite player. Mm. And for me, that's Nuge. And yeah. right now, I, I feel the same way as Bagville. He's the writing's on the wall, and I'm, I don't think I'm it has to be like emotionally. this. Does it? I don't understand numbers or anything. I, just I don't think want it's to most, hear about salary caps. I just think it's salary cap is what's going to push him out. Not not the player, not the not the not how he does on the ice where he plays. I think it's going to be purely salary that pushes him out. And going Unless back to how coward. much Wanye loves Connor McDavid, as soon as we won that um, at that lottery, he sends me an email. He's like, "Hey man, I need you to do me a favor. Of course, anything <laughs> you need. Can you get me a McDavid jersey?" Absolutely, I'll order one. He's like, I need a captain C on it. I'm like, oh, ballsy, okay. He's like, I'm going to be the first one that has one. And then we go to the draft party, which you were in attendance. Actually, everybody here was in attendance to that. Yeah, we all all shared together. Shirelli calls his name, and there's Wanye. Pops the old Captain C McDavid jersey on. I put my jersey on when he put his jersey on. Yeah, it was so good. It was uh, worth it. Do you still have it, obviously? Of course, what? I'm going to be buried or yeah. married in it. Whatever comes first. I really don't care which as long as he wins a cup first. It's going to be, what do you think is going to happen in the next decade, Deacon? We've gone through one decade effectively together. We're going to be knowing each other for four or five more decades if medical science continues to advance. I uh, I don't know how things will progress when we have nothing to complain about anymore because it's going to be that good. We're just like, well, things are great again. Like how we used to say, oh, steak again for dinner. Yeah, no more food like, sandwiches <laughs> maybe for us. steak tomorrow. Now we know it's going to be steak tomorrow. It's an all-you-can-eat steak, steak buffet. Yeah. Do you think it's going to get for, is there going to be a part of Oilers fans that are going to be like, I was 12 when Connor McDavid got drafted. I don't remember shit. This is what I'm used to every day because I think little kids, you really quickly take shit for granted. Like, oh, yeah. When I was a little kid, I didn't, my parents were Oilers fans. I didn't really pay attention. I didn't start really paying attention until like 93. But little kids, I remember being like six and walking down the street like, the Oilers won the cup again. I'm like, who gives a shit? I'm six years old. We win every year. Like, So we're like the same age and my dad was a huge Oilers fan. So I growing up and the Oilers won five cups when we were, mm. you know, before we were 11 years old or whatever. And so it was just the Oilers just always won. They were great. Always. Just, that's what you grow up to expect. You're just so that used to it. Good, you have no right? frame of reference. And so by the time we became teenagers and young adults, the Oilers were, for the most part, garbage. And I have the same kind of problem now with my oldest daughter who's like 12 years old now and basically you have a daughter who's 12 years old and you and i are effectively the same age yeah, man why did you have a kid when you were 13 years old <laughs> wink majo wink <laughs> and basically her entire life except for this year this is the first year where she was like wasn't ashamed to like cheer for the Oilers in the playoffs because her life the Oilers were garbage i can and, just see you getting her ready for school being like and here's your jet your hat and here's your jacket and here's your oilers lunchbox exactly, and this is all oilers she's like i don't want to go to school exactly. all oilers daddy dad why do you cheer for the Oilers? they're terrible yes dear but they used to be great and they will be great again daddy has a brain disease <laughs> <laughs> so now i have my son and my youngest daughters and they're going to grow up in the connor era and they're going to know the greatness that i knew they're going to see oh dad the Oilers are great i know why you love them like i know that's always been smart. I just think of that story you told me once, Wanye, where you were at a game and you were like, there's like a 10-year-old in oh, front of you in line subway, or with a Gretzky jersey. And you're just like, what oh. is the best Oilers memory that you have? And I don't remember what you, it was like the yak slide or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that was it. I was on the subway and there's a little kid in like a modern day Gretzky jersey. And I was like, of course, I'm going to go get in his business, right? And, you know, see a child on a subway, approach a child on a subway. That's how I was raised, <laughs> bag milk. And I was like, why are you wearing a Gretzky jersey? And the dad's like, oh, here you go. And the kid was like, if Wayne Gretzky was an oiler, and this is in the dark years, if Wayne Gretzky was an oiler, we would make the playoffs every year, and he would have 200 points. I'm like, probably right. 
what's your best Oilers memory? Like you said, Bag Milk. He's just like, I don't know. The ba- the the the, uh, the slide, I guess, is the best thing I've ever seen. I just felt so bad for him because, like, how could you be a little kid with a functioning brain cortex and be like, you know, this team that loses every game, that's the one to hitch my star to. <laughs> well, you guys talk about kids. I have a nephew who's eight, and he doesn't live here. He, he lives in Manitoba. But a couple of years ago, pre-McDavid, he's in Manitoba. All his friends are Jets fans, and they yeah. made the playoffs, so he's kind of a Jets fan. But now that he sees McDavid and my brother lives obviously with him. So he's starting to show like it's the Did kid you just now. say that your brother lives with his own kid? He does. Just wanted to make sure. Shocking just news to make out sure of Manitoba. Modern <laughs> life. My brother is not a dirtbag. <laughs> but now like he's starting to like, no, trust me, buddy. The Oilers might be worthwhile and it might, you used to get made fun of for wearing that. It's probably not going to happen anymore, at least for the next 10 years. That's what gives us such great swales of emotion. Like when kids in school in Manitoba can wear their Oilers gear to school and feel like a pimp. Yeah. Thank you, Connor. There isn't enough money in the world to pay you for that. I bought my daughter a Connor McDavid jersey this year. It didn't come in in time for the playoffs, but she was excited to actually wear it to school. And I was, this is, I know things are better now. I have a little nephew. He's very obese. He cannot wear normal shoes. It's he's thinning out. It's sad. He actually is thinning out. It's gonna be sad when he's skinny because I can't make fun of him anymore. But that's neither here nor there. Forever he will be the boy with the block of cheese feet that couldn't wear normal shoes that one time we went out when he was six months old. But his first game in the NHL was Connor's first game. And my sister, to her infinite credit, me and her, her husband, were like, we have to take the kid to the game because the thing is happening with Connor. She was like, yes, no, he needs to witness history. And I look at that little photo. That little guy is never going to know a world nope. of the decade of darkness. That makes me so happy. It but it's yep. shithead little eight-year-olds are going to take everything for granted. I got beef with, Dakin. I got beef with eight-year-olds. Well, it <laughs> happens in every in every sport, in every city. Like, remember when Boston used to be the lovable losers? Yeah. Now Boston fans are obnoxious. Mm. Red Sox, Patriots fans. If only we could have a sip from that glass of obnoxious. And Absolutely. two, getting to the point from baseball, Cubs fans are getting a little obnoxious. They haven't won for over 100 years, and they're getting a little obnoxious this year. So yeah. it, it just happens, yeah. right? You've gone through the darkness for so long that you've kind of earned that right to puff your chest out a little bit. It's one of those things where m- my missus is Australian, and in 2010, I convinced her to actually move to Edmonton. So she knew about my obsession with hockey and she knew how much I loved the Oilers and that I was doing stuff for the Oilers Nation, blah, 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 blah. Taylor Hall gets drafted that June, the first June that she's back here. And I'm like, this is going to change shit around here. Yeah. The Oilers have been so bad for so long that yeah. this guy is going to be the start of it. And then Nuge comes the next year. I'm like, all right, listen, <laughs> this guy is going to be the one that helps that other guy. Yeah, remember the guy I was telling you about that guy? This yeah, guy's yeah. going to help that guy. And then, and then Yakov's like, all right, now we've got a we've first got a line, line of just first overall picks. Things are going to be sweet. And then fast forward to 2015 with the Connor draft, and she's like, how about now? Is this going to be the same as the last time? I'm like, how dare you? I may have been disappointing you for seven consecutive years. There's no reason to not believe my current prediction. This is the guy. But that's kind of one of the reasons why during the playoffs, and I was like, well, off to the pine again. See you later. And she's just like, I get it. I was legit worried this year once they made the playoffs because I met my wife in June, May, June of 2006. So while the Oilers were in the playoff run. 
That's when I met her. Wow. So the entire time we've been together, she has never seen playoff Travis ever. And I was <laughs> legit concerned about this year when it came around. Like, oh, my. You think that ass on CBS was a big thing? Wait till you see my front on NBC in the playoffs. Oh, spending the money on games and going where it got. I, 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 I don't. There's no care in the world I have right now. This is it. I'm, I'm focusing on the Oilers. That's it. I, I'm sorry. You, you deal with life. I'm going to deal with the Oilers. Yes. What I'm, I've earned this. I need Your this. attention is crucial to the victory tonight. Considering and, how much shit we've been through, what do you think of the people that are just over overly negative with everything that's going on right now? You know, I fall into the darkness sometimes because remember I, the talk we had we've had remember you talks. want to talk about before you answer this question tell them about the talk we had when i was like listen stop being this you be know, that instead it was very good advice bag though i've had a couple talk you and uh our buddy parker the same way eternal optimists and sometimes i get caught up in reading the oilers blogs and the numbers and the, and the hate and the just thinking about things and how much and i get they're like oh yeah i would yeah. never read an oilers blog for the record they're all garbage oh no and i, I wrote get, a fantastic one today by the way garbage you, you get caught cuz i default to i'm not the smartest guy but i default to the smarter people i feel if you can punch a bunch of numbers at me i just assume you know what you're talking about i'm like oh yeah okay that's the oilers going to be bad okay they're going to be bad so i just kind of i got negative i get negative a lot too much and you and i had a talk one day and the new arena yep with Connor on the ice, and you were like, Mm-mm, the problem is what we're paying for our fifth gear, whatever you were on about. I was trying to make some, some same thing about the argument about Chris Russell or whatever. Like, oh, we're spending too much money on our third line D and stuff. And you were so optimistic about it. Doesn't matter. We have Connor. It exactly. doesn't matter. Doesn't and things matter. were going to be great. And I, I, the passion you had in your eyes. And I was just like, <laughs> the same look that gets you in every newspaper that you walk by. <laughs> and, I, and you get brought back into reality. You're like, you know what? No matter how bad it is, we have Connor. Yeah. You're right. And Leon. Oh, who cares about Leon? Leon can go back to Germany for all I care and start up a band. You we have Connor. He's not no disrespect to Leon. He's top 10 in scoring. But as long as we have 97 and some other people to skate around you him. You asked me earlier, what do you see yourself in the next 10 years? And I say that anybody who's ever been as good. Sorry, I should let me let me correct that. Anybody who's ever been in the ballpark of as good as Connor has won a cup. Where do I see myself in ten years? Well, Connor just signed for the next nine years, so we're getting cups. They're coming, and they're getting it. You heard it here first on the Real Life Podcast. What will you do when the Oilers win the cup? For the record, I, I don't even something so terrible. The SWAT team's called. I. <laughs> I don't even, I've been so accustomed to not even being able to fathom that. It's not even in my realm. I'm like, they're going to happen. They're going to happen. They're going to happen. I can't, what, what will you do? I, 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 prior to game seven, 2006, where things went terribly awry that night and I cried for the first time since grade six. We don't have to get through all the details. It was very messy. I said, I bought a little tiny gas station Stanley cup because they were selling them because we'd buy anything in hockey those days. And I said to my friends, when I was the Druid, remember that was a thing? Yep. When the Oilers win the Stanley Cup, I am going to take off all my clothes in the bathroom, and I'm going to run out the fire exit, which is right beside where we were sitting. I'm just going to run around the tiny Stanley Cup over my head until I'm eventually arrested and tased and assumably turned into a cube at a car-crushing place. Let's do it together. I'm in there. I don't know that we can now. You have children, and I have that plant in my window that I have to water. Or it'll die. I don't the know. Oilers, the Oilers were there before them. Why don't we pay proxy kids to do it? And one is Dakin and one is Wanya, and we'll pay them to run down the street holding hands and skipping. You know, my, my biggest fear is that when the Oilers win the Stanley Cup, is that I will be at the pint. <gasps> That's my greatest wish. <laughs> now, there's a lot of booze in that building. Oh, 
And we are far too familiar with managers and ownership of that fine establishment. And I can just see myself jumping behind the bar and we are pouring here. it all on myself. You just drink all the everything you want. You can sleep in the ice well until the opening training camp. Don't you even worry. Do you remember, like, they used to have that picture right by the bathroom at the Pine. It was like a bunch of people just cheering. It was the guys in the 80s. It was a big picture of people. Yeah, like cheering. an old Labatt ad. Yeah. The fact like... that we can talk about the photos on the wall of the Pine tells me we've been to the Pine a few times <laughs> too many. It looked like a bunch of people cheering for like an Oilers Stanley Cup in sure. the 80s. I want to be on a picture in the bar of like, remember that time back there? They won the cup and those guys were there cheering. And I'm going to be in the picture like, that's me right there in the corner. That's such a good idea. We should hire a professional photographer. To just wander around in some of the big games. Just and make the... memories for 20 years from now. We look back and go, oh, man. That was... And then I'll insist they're put on the walls of the pint. I'll tell them that they're load-bearing photos and they can't be removed. Black and white, so they're classy. And they age properly. Of course. And in six years, when your oldest daughter's in the pint, and she's like, who's that gray drunk man over there in the corner with a bunch of other gray <laughs> drunk men in the corner? And then Travis will pull up in his van. It's time to go, honey. It's two in the morning. No, it's him in that guy. story. Yeah, yeah. He's the guy in the corner. Is that an Edmonton Oiler walking around in the bar right now? Honey, we have to go. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen Travis's face when they mentioned his daughter going to the bar. Just a oh. sheer look of, Do oh, the no. math on this, man. <laughs> I've seen the lineups for Connor, and I just I don't want her to be one of oh, those. Oh, Connor's not going to be one of those. No, guys. not Connor. I'm not, not him. I just mean like the lineups for any. It'll probably be there. Nurse that takes a shine to her, and she'll say, "Oh, he's such a stalwart one D. What is he? Only twenty seven years old, and oh. I'm eighteen. That's an acceptable age range." She'll yes. say to herself, "I can't wait to look up to him and go, hey, sir, keep your hands off my daughter.' No, I will not. Okay, or I swear to God, I will bust this metal hip off and beat him <laughs> over the head with it." Did you enjoy being the first, in, my first in studio guest today on the Real Life Podcast, Travis? It, it was a lot easier than I was expecting. Really? That's because yeah. we had a bunch of beers before we came here, and then we had yeah. beers in the studio, and we're going to go have some beers now. Shh, that's true. <laughs> so what we want to do here, because you're the first First Nation reader we had on the show, and there are a lot of deserving candidates. I'm sure that we can all think of, I can think of a dozen people off the top of my head that I would love to talk to. This is fun. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And remembering things together as a group is what people do as they gradually descend into senility. And you're like, well, <laughs> that, did I dream that? Or was like, Len Esau really an oiler? And people are like, no, no, he was real. Don't worry. Who do you nominate as you go out the door to have on the show from the boys? Because you are from what I would consider to be, and this isn't pumping your tire, your crew of boys that watch the Oilers yeah. is probably one of the top crew of Oilers fans ever. Everyone's like an Avenger. Like, everyone's got a superpower <laughs> and, like, a weird origin story. And I want to talk to MVP Parker Knox about how he told me in April the Oilers are going to get McDavid he, the draft. And I was like, get out of here. What are you, drunk like Dakin was? He believed it from the moment that it was even an option. I didn't even care about Connor McDavid because I was like, there's no way the Oilers get him. But he believed from the moment yeah. it was a possibility. We got to get some of the boys on the show down here. So who do you think's next? To me, I think that... MVP Parker Knox, man, he is oh the most God. he is the most optimistic fan that I know and he's got a party orchestrated for Connor McDavid's 21st birthday in Vegas. He invited me the other day. Uh, he messaged me he's like, "Listen, you have to come to Connor McDavid's birthday in Vegas in February, January." January. He's January like, 21st. He's come like, on, man. I, oh, oh, oh. No, 12th. 12th. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm, I'm dyslexic. But are you are you feeling really bad? Though? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I just wanted to. <laughs> yeah, no, I say face. Fine. He's like, Are you coming to this party? And I was like, like, You're going to Connor McDavid's? He's like, No, 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 I'm not going. I'm just going to be in Vegas while they're in Vegas. He's already lying. He's throwing Connor McDavid a birthday party. He knows Connor McDavid's not coming to. Oh. In Vegas. He's oh. flying there. 
Connor McDavid has his 21st birthday in Vegas after a Saturday night Oilers game, and they have a five-day bye week after that. The, uh, Gary Benton was like, here you are, Connor. I'm sure everything's in order. Enjoy, enjoy your yourself. Life. <laughs> I believe you'll find a marker at the Bellagio to the tune of $4 billion in your name. And we're going to turn those next four Oilers losses into wins for you. What if, and I, this is impossible because Vegas must have at least 5,000 people live there, but what if somehow MVP Parker Knox and Connor McDavid saw each other on Connor's birthday? I think it would be a wonderful birthday for Connor. <laughs> be a match made in heaven, to be honest. Sounds I kind of like wonder, it. though, like, Connor, I mean, one of the things I love about him, and I love so many things about him so much, is he is a robot. And I feel like he'll be like, 21 birthday, must drink pink and go do push-up, and, like, won't care. Count money, be Connor. You know, and that's what makes those guys great, and that's why we love them, because they don't care about anything but winning and being the best, and he's an oiler, and that's what we need. If I could talk to Connor McDavid, which legally I can't, I would be like, you know what, man? This would be the whole conversation. Just tell me about how much you want to win the cup. And tell me about the time you were eight years old and you were at the junior tournament and somebody scored more goals than you and you were like, nah, fuck this. I'm going to destroy all these kids and I'm going to win the cup. Because his whole life, it's not being drafted first. It's not getting a $100 million contract. It's not me photoshopping so many naked photos of him onto wallpaper that I was told to stop by my neighbors because they could see through my window. His entire goal in life is to win the Stanley Cup, and now our interests are in perfect alignment. And I would love to just hear him do the story. He's like, one time I didn't think I could bench press 800 pounds. I was like, no, nah, <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to win the Cup one day. Tell me all those stories, because there's so many, I bet you. It would be really interesting, too, just to have a conversation with him about the sacrifices he's made as a young man getting mm-hmm. to where he's at now. Because you know there was points in his life where you know his buddies are 14, they're out at bush parties carrying a pack of you know Pilsners around. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to stay at home and shoot pucks into this Drink into this pink and do some wood. pull-ups. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of stuff that got him to where he's at now. And I find that that would be an amazing conversation to just have him tell you some of the stuff he was doing from where he was a kid to now. Because there's talent, but there's a lot of drive in that kid that... And he makes those same sacrifices now as a professional athlete living totally. in Edmonton and just living it. And he's like, you said, he'll just be like, no, I can't go out and enjoy myself because I need to get better. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not going to be like, I can't. It's going to be like, oh, no, I can't go to the club. Well, I suppose I just said can't again. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to the bar tonight because I've got 400 pull-ups to do. And i got to think about how to outwit blah, 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 D-man we're playing next week. I only scored three points tonight. I need to score four tomorrow. You do what you do. And I'm going to go to the club with MVP Parker Knox and drink one of them flaming bottles of champagne I see on Instagram all the time. And there's that, and that just like that drive is one of those things that if you're going to be on this team, you better carry your weight because that guy is doing it every day. And you better be following suit. How can you go to work with somebody that's that driven every day and just be mediocre? You can't. I do it every day with Jason Greger. To be honest, <laughs> he is quite driven to me. That don't make sense. But no, yeah, it's a very good point. That's something he's wanted to do. To quote the great Drake, he's wanted this forever, man. No one else going to get Drake. the Drake reference? Oh no, no, I got it. No, 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 I'm thinking about it. Yeah, no, it's sorry, fun. I just got lost dreaming about McDavid. You're like, you know, there. it's great finger eleven, and Bagwell's like, you know, it's great corn, yeah, finger corn. New album's not. It's shout not out to good. shout it's out to Apple Music. Like, no, like Apple sends me an email every week. They're like, hey, these are some albums you might like based on your history. It's like new corn. And I'm like, you know what? I was into corn when I was like 12. I I'm loved in. corn for the record. I'm in. And then you know what? 2017 corn, not my jam. Really? Not my jam. It's understandable. The rage went out when the millions of dollars put the fire out, eh? Hey? Well, we don't we don't age well. Taste evolved, we, you know. We fight it, but 
We don't age well. No, man. How dare you? Deep shit, man. That's what the fuck? You're going back to the lady broke her ankle off. That lady didn't age well. We're aging like titanium. Look at bag milk. I defy you to find one sign of aging in the decade I've known him. You've had the same haircut the entire time, for that matter. He's five years younger than me. He's still got years ahead of him. My hips hurt sitting in this chair right now. For real? No. Except for shit. What a good guy to have on the show first. Thanks a lot, buddy, for coming down. I appreciate no it. You have it. a rich and full life with a family and whatnot. And to come down here and talk to us, it's great. It was great. Thank you guys for having me. You boys feel happy with this real life podcast? I, I, I like this. One. I like this. Brought to you by Bud Light and our friends at Finning. Finning Canada. I think we figured it out. 1.4 million parts to serve you better. Call me Bud Light. Finning Canada. I'm Mark Rajo. Spag Milk, Swanee Gretz, Travis Dakin. Travis, seriously, thanks for coming in. It was a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Loved it. Ciao for next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.